0: Welcome to the H&H Hour. My name is Heidi Bolt. I'm alongside my sister and co-host, Heather Taves. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. How are you? Great. Um, I was driving here to your studio, Mm -hmm. and it is smoking hot outside already, Mm -hmm. and it's only morning. Um, We're in central Illinois, Mm -hmm. and I have to say, I've seen quite a few people complaining about it on social media, Mm -hmm. and I love this hot weather. Yes. It is. This is my jam. Yes. So
1: I will say that I found out yesterday that a sweet elderly neighbor of mine, she does not have air conditioning.
0: Oh my goodness. So
1: Yes. So we had, you know, gone and checked on her to make sure that. She was okay, and she was. She's got fans, and you know. But still, like that's where you're, like, okay, that
0: person, like, they. It's okay for her to not be happy about it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. But hey, if you're new to the H and H Hour, we just want to say welcome. We're glad that you chose this podcast. We believe that God's got something unique to speak directly to you, and that's why you've joined us. So the whole point of this podcast is that we, Heather and I, believe that ordinary is really extraordinary. Yes. And we love to give people a platform to share what they might think is ordinary, Mm -hmm. their story, their life, because we know that someone listening goes, that to me is extraordinary. Yes. Or I'm going through that same exact thing. Yes. It gives great encouragement. So Mm -hmm. um, grab a cup of coffee or eat your breakfast or fold your laundry, whatever you're going to do in this next hour, because we are so excited to invite a really incredible guest onto our show Heather you want to tell us about her? Yes. You know, this
1: is somebody that we haven't known for a super long time, a couple of years. It and seems a, longer than that. It does. In a good way. There's there's those people that you you're like, "Wow, I thought they've been in my life forever." Mm-hmm. You know, because you just like kindred spirits, as, yeah. as Anne Shirley would say. Yeah. Um, but she has such a powerful, incredible story, mm-hmm. and I know this will come out when you hear her talk, but it It is truly because of Jesus. And that just, Jesus shines out of this young woman's life in such a powerful way. And I see it. I get to see it every single week, every single weekend as I serve alongside her. She is one of the people that is there first thing in the morning on Sunday mornings to set up. And I mean, it's like we're, you know, we're tired, but we are there and we are happy to be there. And so I get to see this truly... Amazing example of Jesus mm-hmm. every single week, and I love it. So we would like to welcome Katie Semburski to the podcast. Welcome, Katie. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. We're so glad that you're here. Me too. I'm excited, and that you're sitting across from us. Yes. <laughs> so I like. We love. We love that all of our guests that we get to podcast, but there's something special about sitting across from somebody and looking at their face.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Eye to eye. It's always better, isn't it? Much better. Yeah. Well, we're so excited for you to hear Katie's story. She is so sweet and dear to us, and she's so gorgeous. She's sitting here with her <laughs> beautiful curls falling all over, and the fan is blowing her. She looks like she's Thanks. in, like, this ad, you <laughs> know? So what you don't know is there's a photographer coming in a minute, and she's going to start <laughs> that's photo okay. shooting you. Okay, so not really, not really. <laughs> Catch my guard. It's yeah, better for yeah, me. That's right. <laughs> so we have... This is unique. Um, typically, Katie, we send our guests ahead of time kind of j- this a list of questions that we may Mm -hmm. potentially ask them. And Heather and I were talking about your episode and we both felt like we were not supposed to send you questions and we were just going to have a conversation with you. And so that is the first time we've ever done that Mm -hmm. with a guest. And you mentioned, you said, Oh my goodness, no questions. I like to be prepared. Um, But I'm just so excited to hear what's going to come out of this episode based on what the Holy spirit has for you to share Mm -hmm. um, because it's truly going to be so candid. Me too. Yes. So because our sweet listeners do not know you, some may and some do not, um, fill us in. Tell us a little bit about who you are. I'm Katie Simberski.
2: I'm married to Thomas. Um, we're high school sweethearts. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a little boy that's four, Colton, and we just love serving our local church. Um, and it's We both do youth ministry together, and that's nothing that I thought I would do in a million years,
0: so... <laughs> How come you thought you would never do that?
2: Um, Well, I never saw myself in ministry at all, like in growing up. And so just
1: getting to do it alongside my husband is
2: amazing. Yeah. I love it so much.
1: I had this thought just this past Sunday, yesterday, Mm -hmm. as we were setting up. I thought, I wonder if Katie ever in a million years would have dreamed that this Was her role because you are stepping into one of our staff members positions Mm -hmm. as she goes on maternity leave and you're going to be filling a staff position at our church. Um, A really important staff position. (laughs) We were sitting last week because she's been
2: training me and I was like, um, what am I going to do when you're gone? And I like started tearing up. I was like, I can't do this without you. She's like, you're going to be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. She's like, just come over and you can sit and work
1: while I hold Atlas. I was like, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That'll work. Yes. Yeah. And there's lots of us to jump in and help exactly. you too. But I just wondered, is that is it strange to you that this is your life? Not now, but like if I would have if you would have told me this
2: when I was younger or in mm-hmm. high school, I would have been like, No way, not ever.
1: What was like, your life in your mind in high school? What was it?
2: Um, I was really like shy and introverted and so ministry, I always think of like bold people. Um, okay. and so that was never a thing I thought I'd ever do. And I wasn't where I'm at with Jesus now yeah. when I was in high school, I was questioning a lot of things. So I was like,
1: Oh yeah, no, not for me. I think God likes to take those people who feel like they're, yeah, there's not boldness in them or there's like, I don't have that upfront presence. And yeah. he likes to say, Nope, I'm going to use you. He likes to make those
0: that feel unqualified yeah. know that they are yeah. so qualified, so valid for his That's story.
2: Definitely something I've learned over just since like January. Just he's like, I'm going to use you, and I'm going to use you for this and this and this, and even when you say no, I'm still using you.
0: Yeah. So I've loved it. That's incredible. So what what was your journey to Jesus like? Can um, fill us in on that. I so I grew up Catholic. I went to a
2: private Catholic school, kindergarten through eighth grade, and then. Um, just because of like finances and things like that. I didn't go on to high school Catholic education. Mm -hmm. I went to a public school. And so getting there, I went to, I had a class of 32 people. And then I went to a public high school and it was like culture shock for me Mm -hmm. because I was like, I didn't know any of this existed. Like I lived in a little bubble Mm -hmm. for so long. And not that my parents tried to keep me from anything, but it was just so different for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started to question things. I wasn't going to church regularly. I wasn't, um, in religion class every day. And so things like that, um, were what kind of produced my faith Mm -hmm. to begin with. And so not having those things, I really just started to slack off. And, um, I just questioned a lot of things with God. Um, I have two siblings that have, um, a chronic disease and so i was just like well why god like Mm -hmm. if you like are real then why do they have this and i don't and so just a lot of why questions and so i really um stepped back when i was in high school and it wasn't until i met my husband that i actually started going to church again
0: okay so tell us about meeting thomas you met him once you went to public high school yep okay we met
2: when he was a freshman and i was a sophomore And then we both kind of went our separate ways, started uh, dating other people. So he's totally like
0: dating a cougar at this point. Yeah,
2: (laughs) just one by one year, but (laughs) yes. Um, And then my senior year, his junior year, um, him and a long-term girlfriend broke up. And we started becoming better friends. And then I didn't even know anything. And he's like, so when are we going to make this thing official? And I was like, what thing are we making official? And he's like... (laughs) well, do you want to go out with me or not? And I was like, I guess if you're asking like that, sure. (laughs) Hilarious. So,
1: yeah. So romantic. Oh, yeah. Really romantic. So I know we're not going to get into the story um, a lot on this episode. I definitely want to bring Thomas back and have you guys share your story Mm -hmm. um, of God rescuing your marriage because that's just an amazing story Mm -hmm. that happened. But I do want to – just say something about that. Mm-hmm. So you went through a really rough season in your marriage. Yes. Um over a, a little over a year ago, year and a half ago. It'll be two years this fall. Okay, two years. Something this fall. like that. Okay. And you were at the point of calling it quits. Yeah. Um and I didn't have a lot of insight on what you were going through in that season because mm-hmm. you were kind of out of the picture yes. in our circle. However, I saw your husband and yeah. the thing and, and I know there's like there's when two people are in a relationship, both sides have things mm-hmm. that they need to work on. Yeah, that, for that, sure. that are kind of their their thing that they're going through their struggle. But what I saw in him was this relentless pursuit of you. Like mm-hmm. he was not willing to give you up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he would come into church on Sunday mornings and just be desperate. Mm-hmm. Like I can't lose
0: her. Mm-hmm. Um, Asking all, many of us, like, will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? Yeah. Now, will you pray with me? Yes. Will you pray for her? Will <laughs> <you> pray? <laughs> over and over. And yeah. I loved
1: that. And desperation, yeah. you know, and so, and I know there's a lot more to that story. And, and yeah. someday I think we'll share that, but I, I'm just so encouraged to see young people um, who... So how old would Thomas have been at that point two years ago? 20. 20 years old. Yeah. And he was so desperate for God yeah. to rescue you guys and rescue your marriage. And mm-hmm. I think that, that that's one of the things that I'll, I'll never forget that as long as I live.
2: Mm-hmm. We've done a complete transformation in the past year and a half. And it's just been really... I don't even know how to like put it into words for to explain it to people, but it's just God. And, um, he is the way he pursued me during that time is the way Jesus pursues all of us. And that's how I, that's what I tell him all the time. I was like, you are like tangibly on earth, like Jesus pursuing other people. And he can share that with people one day. I can't share what he walked through because I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, God, like that's God, like that's how God mm-hmm. feels when we step away from Him. Mm-hmm. And my husband experienced that this side of eternity. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know how to, I can't explain that for him, but right. he can one day right. for you guys. Um, but yeah, he like, he knows, he c- can relate with God with like the brokenness when we break God's heart. And He knows that what that feels like.
1: Okay, now I have chills everywhere. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I was sweating a minute ago. I know.
0: Chilled and ready to <laughs> cry my eyes out.
1: Oh, it's such a beautiful story. So I promise our guests. Yeah. Uh, we and I, I even said this to you when we scheduled you to come on. I was like, do we bring Thomas in on this one? No, I think that's a separate story. Okay. Um, so we yeah. promise yeah. we will bring both of you back. Information for it would be I think. It <laughs> would be we'll do
0: Katie 2.0.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay, so we're gonna um we're gonna actually jump back a little bit. We're going yep. to say, because we ask, you listen, you're a listener. Yep. So you know these questions are coming. Yes. Um tell us, Katie something about yourself that's ordinary um I used to think everything so and I've
2: thought about this really since like December or January I'm like nothing about me is ordinary anymore and I don't view it as ordinary anymore um just because God has done so much work in my life in the past year I'm like I can't say I'm ordinary because I'm not and um (laughs) Just <laughs> two things and we'll get into this later, but two things that God has called me to do, and I know those aren't the only things he's called me to do, but I tried to run away from and I tried to give up and he's brought me back to them and he chased me down and he brought me back to them again, and that's being a wife and a mother. And I know he has so much more in store for me. Um, but I truly don't think anything is ordinary about me anymore. I'm like I like just God give me the boldness to share this with other people and this like being on here is my first like big platform because I've really only shared um those vulnerable intimate parts of things with you guys and my two best friends and my husband and so I just yeah nothing about me is ordinary anymore (laughs)
1: okay cry break Um, I think that's the first time that anyone's answered that way. And I can't even tell you what that does to my heart because that is how God sees us. Yeah, exactly. That is the whole point is that everything and everyone is extraordinary. And when we start to view ourselves through that lens, we begin to actually identify with our
0: identity in Jesus. What he created us to be. What he created us to be. It's like seeing your child live up to what you know they are capable of and Mm -hmm. then begin to even exceed your own expectations. Yeah. I think it's like I'm sitting here feeling like this um, big sister love over Mm -hmm. you and just this huge amount of um, respect over Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, I know your story Mm -hmm. and I know the journey you've had to walk through. And so just the fact that you're sitting here going, God, I want to be bold I mean that's just such a huge testament mm-hmm. to God at work in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It definitely
1: is. Okay, so you've just said nothing about you is ordinary, which is the best answer ever. <laughs> so I guess I would say choose one thing that you think about yourself is extraordinary. Oh, this is harder. Um
2: I would say that Oh man. This can go along with being a mother and a wife. So mm-hmm. just that like I have a really strong desire to serve other people. Mm -hmm. And I often don't feel like I'm doing it for myself. Like Mm -hmm. I can just feel that um, God just nudges me. He's like, okay, go serve this person today. Go serve this person today. And just that um, I just have a strong desire to serve people. And so that
1: can go along with being a mother and a wife. (laughs) That is, yes, that's a great answer. I was going to say that for you. If
0: you didn't say (laughs) it. Well, Heather, you and I have both been, touched by her example of just recognizing people's needs, even when they're not vocalized. You know, like Heather, your husband travels a lot and my husband has to travel occasionally, not as much anymore. But Katie, I think three times now you've reached out to us and said, I know your husband's out of town. I'm bringing you dinner. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even yeah. like, Hey, let me know if you need anything. It was like, this is what I'm doing for you. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is one of the nights that you did it for me recently was a day that I like, really needed that, and I hadn't Mm -hmm. recognized yet that I needed it, Mm -hmm. and then you and Thomas and your son showed up, and Colton Mm -hmm. had flowers for me, Mm -hmm. and you had this hot meal for me, and we had just moved, and then Thomas laid out on my garage floor and helped Crosley fix his motorcycle, and just, (laughs) you guys were just the hands and the feet of Mm -hmm. Jesus to me that day. And I think it would be so easy for you to look at someone ahead of you in life, both in years of marriage, years of ministry, years of mothering and go, well, what could I do for her? Mm-hmm. Because I'm younger than her and I'm behind her. But I love the fact that you went, She's she needs loved and cared for yeah. just as much as anyone else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I just publicly, thank you for being that person that sees people. It's so valuable. And it's so
1: rare. Yeah, It's, it's really rare that, like you did with us, yeah. you know, you gave me a... Um, Uh, You asked me a question one day. You said, We would like to serve your family in some way. Um, You know, if it's whether it's once a month that we do something, like, and you've laid that question out and you said, How can we serve you? And that's just, that's so rare, Katie. And I I believe that it is really a gift that God has given you. And your cupcakes and your icing, (laughs) I think those are extraordinary. Uh, uh, Yes, for sure.
0: And she (laughs) makes gluten free ones for those of us that can't indulge. So she's pretty much awesome all the way around. (laughs) That's one thing we feel. Uh, Thomas and I have focused on
2: a lot lately, we feel as a family, we're called to serve other people, but as individuals, we're called to separate things. Mm. And so just that we get to raise our children to serve other people. And we already see that in our son. He has a very giving, loving heart. And it does.
1: So exciting. He is a riot. (laughs) I just love him so much. We were, we were standing at church yesterday and someone else, another dad spelled out, We might go see an M-O-V-I-E, because his little kids were standing there, and you're holding Colton, who's four, who I don't think he can spell that yet, can he? Probably not. Okay. And he goes, oh, the Incredibles. Yep. (laughs) And my son, Bennett, looked at me, and he said, how did he know that's what he was talking about? And I said, because he's very smart. He just knows. He
0: just knew. Yep. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) He was at my house a few weeks ago, and we're sitting there having lunch, and- he says to me, "Miss Heidi, do you know what I want to be when I grow up?" I said, "No, buddy. What do you want to be?" He said, "A mighty warrior for Jesus." Mm. Yep, sweetest answer. So such a sweet boy. Um, okay, let's jump back, Katie, to you and Thomas meeting yes. and starting to date, and that incredibly romantic offer to date him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, so what? S- then then what? You start dating him because he wooed you so adamantly. Yep definitely. Um, (laughs) we were in the car too when he
2: did that, but yep. So we started dating. Um, and then this is something that I've really processed a lot lately. And for when we share the marriage story for another time, I think a lot of things can stem from that. Mm -hmm. Um, because automatically our relationship was in sin because we were having premarital sex. And Mm so, um, I think in the future things were produced because of that. Um, but, shortly into dating i think we were four months in four or five months into dating we found out we were pregnant
1: and how old were you
2: 18 and 17. okay so i was a scene i was almost done with my senior year of high school and he was a junior um so we found out we were pregnant and just i don't even know what to say but we just didn't know we didn't know what to say we didn't know what to do because we were so young and um My parents had me very young. His parents had him kind of young. And so I just felt like, okay, what, like what's happening? Because I had started going to church with him. I was trying to develop a relationship with Jesus on my own. And so I was kind of just like, awe stricken. Just like, okay, what's going on? Like, Mm -hmm. what, like, what did we do? Mm -hmm. And so.
1: Did you tell um, anyone?
2: No, just, just each other. Um. I believe we reached out to like his cousins, maybe okay. just because they were older than him and his go-to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I very much so just kept to myself, mm-hmm. and I didn't tell, want to. I didn't want to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after talking about it, we made the decision to have an abortion. Um, and that day was just very. Um, very lonely, even though I had him right by my side walking in and then left him in the waiting room. And, um, there's just all these steps that you have to go through and papers that you have to sign. And then they walk you into a room and, um, I, they do a sonogram and I heard the baby's heartbeat and I saw him on the computer because I believe God told me he's a boy Mm -hmm. in heaven. So, um, just, right then I was just like, this is my child and this is what I'm doing because I was at the point of no return. Once you pay the money and whatever, I mean, you could go back, but it's really suggested that you don't because they're like, well, if you do leave, most people come back. And so, um, it's really, once you're in that environment, it's really encouraged to go through what you walk through those doors for. Yeah. And so I was just completely, Completely blank the whole day. And I think I just tried to suppress all those emotions and I suppressed them for almost five years. And so it was just very lonely. Um, in the waiting room, women didn't look at each other, everybody, you were sitting in like a hospital gown. And, um, I just remember the nurse as, um, as the baby was being taken out of me, she was just like, it, it's going to be okay. And I was like, you're crazy lady. This is not going to be okay. Like, mm-hmm do you know what I just did? Like you watch hundreds of women do this and you can tell me it's going to be okay because it's not. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and finally after that happened, they take you into a room when you're given like Sprite and crackers and Tylenol. And they tell you that you have to take a pregnancy test again in two weeks and then come back for another sonogram to confirm, um, that you aren't pregnant. And so, they told me all that, and then um, Thomas picked me up, and we left. And the rest of the day is really just a blur to me because I I think I just forced that out of my memory. Mm-hmm. So I can remember little details and the emotion of that day, but I really just can't remember what happened after I walked out of those doors. I just know that he was with me, and I just laid there emotionless all day.
0: So then what have the last few months look like? What brought you to the point of going, I'm going to suppress that for five years? And then now, because recently you came to both of us and shared your story. What brought you to that point? I think this year,
2: um, Thomas and I were talking, our word for the year was prosperity at first. And so I was like, well, what can it get us to these these points? Like, how can we be prosperous? I mean, in our marriage and our parenting spiritually, um, just all the aspects. And I really had to focus inward and think, okay, well, what do I need freed from? Because what do I keep going back to saying, oh, well, this is going to keep me from prospering spiritually. Like this is going to keep me from my walk with God. Um, I just really kept going back to that. And so I knew that it needed to be shared with other people, um, And so I just decided that as five years came around, I was going to write out everything about that day um, and share it with you guys and my two best friends and my husband, and then God can use it from there. Were you
0: nervous about how the people that you were going to share it with, how we would respond?
2: No, I don't think so. I don't remember ever being nervous. Um, Just, I think the reason I wasn't nervous is because I prayed as I was writing, like, God, this is what you want me to share. Um, I need to be vulnerable and get to this place where I can feel freedom so that Satan can't keep pulling me back and saying, like, no, you're not good enough. And um, I think it was in a message you preached recently, Heather, just like how those chains are invisible, but we view them as like that we are in them. And I was like, I don't want that for myself anymore. And I don't want that for other people. So I have to get out of this before I can help other people get out of it.
1: So have you found that freedom? Yes. Since having shared this? Mm -hmm. Definitely.
2: It's something that, um, especially over the last month, I've really um, focused on and um, just prayed about it, different things that I want God to just reveal to me. Um, He speaks a lot of things to my best friends. He speaks the same things to us. And it's just so cool that um, he's put this dream, actually, in all of us and of starting a ministry and a conference and just helping people get freedom. And they were like, you know what, we're a lot like, we're with you in this and we're going to help you in whatever way we can. We're going to do whatever we can.
1: Um, so, yeah. So can we go back to when you found out that you were pregnant? Cause I really, I want to focus on that for a moment to talk about what your options could have been yeah. and maybe who, what the people in your life that were around you, because you know that there are other young women mm-hmm. um, or other women who are in the same exact scenario where mm-hmm. they feel like this is their only option mm-hmm. or they don't have anyone to turn to or they feel shame or they feel like they can't go to someone in their church. So could you talk to us a little bit about that? Did you feel like you just, it wasn't even an option to go talk to anyone? Did you not have anyone to talk to? Talk to me about getting to that point where you were like, okay, this is really the only option that I have.
2: Yeah. I would say I really didn't have anyone to talk to at that point. Um, No one that I thought was going to feed me something positive. Mm -hmm. And I'm just now getting to a, a a point in my life where I have consistent positive influences in my life, in my husband's life, in my son's life. And at that point, I wasn't there. Um, I feel like most of my friends at the time probably would have said, yeah, that's probably a good choice. Like, you want to go to college. Like, you don't want to disappoint this person, this person, this person. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably a good choice to make.
1: Um, Did you you even know that there were other options like going to a crisis pregnancy center or anything like that did was that something that you were aware of or did were no. you just like no that's you didn't even know no i okay. didn't know and i don't know if we actually had
2: a crisis pregnancy center in Peoria yet um i just know that the one that is actually next to the abortion clinic on university had just opened right before we found out we were having our son okay. 6 months later
0: so okay. Yeah. wow okay yeah
1: so as a young woman here in this area you really your options were yeah, I didn't feel like I had anything at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what would you say to someone who's in that same place right now where they're not ready for a baby or they feel like having a baby would just disrupt their lives? What would you, and they think that that's their only choice. What would you say to them right now? I would say, contact me because there's just so much more. There's so many more
2: options. There's adoption and endless things. Um, And you just don't, don't have to go through with that because it's something that you will always regret. And I feel like people that don't even know Jesus regret that decision every day. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have your, if you don't have that hope with Jesus, then I don't, I don't want to know what that life is like for women who don't have Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, but just, yeah talk to me because, or find someone that you trust that you know will give you mm-hmm. positive a positive answer and not just bring you back to the negative consistently. And if you don't have that person in your life, mm-hmm. then find people. Yes, in your life. Google
1: search crisis pregnancy yep. center. They yeah. they all have hotlines mm-hmm. there I'm sure in doesn't matter what city you're in, what town you're in, there's
0: something that you yeah. can reach out to. We have a sister in law in Houston who goes in every week and volunteers in the crisis pregnancy center. And she tells me the stories every week of obviously not specifics, but just some of the situations she's dealt with. And it's there. It's so, it can be so overwhelming the amount of people that face this decision of, okay, I'm pregnant. I didn't expect this. Now what, what do I do? And, um, it's been so cool just to hear how God has used that sinner to place children in adoptive families to yeah. kind of help redirect what would have been maybe an abortion or, um, you know, not a full term pregnancy. And for me, that's been so encouraging to watch her love women mm-hmm. in that such a vulnerable state where they do a lot of them yeah. feel so alone. Um, but just having their boldness to walk through the doors of a center like that and have people who that's their job, that's their role is to help give you your options. It's so valuable. Yeah. So I love that you're willing to take questions from people, from listeners, if they're right there. I think that's great. Definitely.
1: So I know that in the last five years, God has really done such a healing work in your heart Mm -hmm. and I'm sure in your emotions Mm -hmm. and and not that you don't long for that baby and, grieve mm-hmm. that baby still but i know god is has you on a road to freedom and to total healing about mm-hmm. that but i am sure in the process there were emotions that were almost unbearable can you talk to me about what that looks like after having made that decision to have an abortion mm-hmm. what emotions did you feel like what what does that do inside of you by making that decision mm-hmm.
2: I didn't really process those emotions until now. So I feel like five years later, this is way more difficult than it would have been if I did it five years ago. And I'm at a point in my relationship with Jesus where I think God kind of timed this perfectly. Like, okay, you're going to walk through this now because you have your hope in me. Mm -hmm. And if you would have dealt with these emotions five years ago... I feel like it would have been destructive for my life, destructive for the plans that he had for my husband and I, for our child, and definitely a lot of hopelessness. Um, I didn't even... I thought when I made that decision that I was like, okay, well, I could potentially never have children because I made this decision. Um, And just darkness, and I lived just in my own head and I didn't share that with other people Mm -hmm. because I felt shame Mm -hmm. and embarrassment and Mm -hmm. that I would be judged by people. Um, So by making that decision, those are feelings that I dealt with for five years Mm -hmm. because I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And I think that's what completely transformed everything for me. And he just gave me the light to get out of the darkness and showed me hope when I didn't have any and Mm -hmm. just not sulking and throwing myself a pity party. Like you did this to yourself, Mm -hmm. like you made this decision. Um, and just stepping out of that and really just like, just pushing through that because I can still feel that at times. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like we all kind of throw ourselves a pity party at times, Mm -hmm. but when you make such a drastic, uh, decision like that you really could can just go inward and just reflect on those by yourself and just pull yourself back into the darkness Mm. and so just living in the light of jesus and
1: which is exactly what satan wants you to do is to go live back in that darkness isolation guilt and shame Mm -hmm. and And say, you know, this is you made this decision, so now you have to live with these consequences. And the reality is, Jesus breaks all of that. He says, no, Mm -hmm. you don't have to live in that darkness. That's right.
2: And I felt that way for five years. I was just like, okay, I made this decision. I'm not adequate enough to pursue ministry, to um, be a mother when we found out we were having our next son, to even be um, a good wife. Like, I just... Satan fed me constant lies and because I was living in the darkness and I was letting myself sit there. I was just Mm -hmm. like, I was like, okay, like I did this. I'm just
0: going to sit here and sulk. Okay. So then a short while later, you guys find out that you're pregnant with who we all know as Colton. Yes. What changed? Why did you go, okay, this little one, we're going to, we're going to do this.
2: Well, we were 16 weeks along with him when we found out, um, just because of some, the things that I had been going through where I was like still having light periods. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't know I was pregnant. I took iron supplements and so I didn't notice morning sickness, just things that God kind of used to like get us to the point where like, okay, I was 16 weeks pregnant. Like you're past the point of making that decision. You can't. And I believe in the state of Illinois, you can't have an abortion past nine weeks. And so um, we were at that point and I was like, okay, like we have, like we have to have this child. We found out the first sonogram that we had, he was a boy and just all these things because we were already that far along Mm -hmm. in the pregnancy when we found out.
0: Wow. So like, what is your, what, what is your emotion at that point when you're like, okay, we're, we find out we're pregnant. We Mm -hmm. find out it's a, it's a boy. We have no other option other than having this child. Yeah. What is your mind doing at this point? Because you've graduated high school by this point. Yes. And
2: my husband was still in high school. Um, we found out that we were pregnant on the Friday of his homecoming football game.
0: What? I mean, that's like the fast track to yeah. hashtag adulting. Yeah, you? definitely. <laughs> you, know, like you're not even, um, you haven't even closed the chapter on high school. And all of a sudden you're going, we're going to be parents. That's a big
2: deal. I would like to say that our reaction was joy, um, right away. But I think it was a lot of like, okay, God, like again, why? Like, I know we were still like having sex and living in sin, but like, did this really have to happen? Mm -hmm. And so it was a lot of like regret and, um, of being fearful of disappointing people Mm -hmm. and, um just because we like I was in college at the time and he was still in high school and we're like, okay, we had all these different ideas for our life, but then this we're bringing a child into this world and that completely like deters whatever plans we made for ourselves. And so it, I have, I had feelings of regret of not feeling joy for until he was the day he was born. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really experienced it. Um, but for a long time, it was just, why, God? Like, what is going on?
0: Mm-hmm. So then from there, you guys decide, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah. We're, you told your families that yes. you were pregnant. How did that go? Um, It's
2: iffy all the way across. Mm-hmm. Um, some people didn't respond as well as others. Um, some were, like, upset but excited. It was just... All across the board. Like, like Everything. Yeah. Yes. Um, just to be
1: expected. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. And then what happened from there?
2: Um, Thomas finished high school early. So he actually finished his classes like the week before Colton was born. He had been working full time and going to school at the same time. Um, I was working and then I stopped going to school once Colton was born.
1: Mm-hmm. So he was born on March 14th. And at what point did you guys decide to get married? It was a year and a half after he was born. Okay. So so did you know all along that that was the plan or was this kind of like, let's see how this goes and then...
2: Um, we were engaged soon after we found out we were having Colton, like probably two months after. And then... We just never set a date. We were like, okay, like we have some things to work on before we get to that point. And so then we randomly decided in April that we were going to get married in July of 2015. And so we planned a wedding in three months.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and here you are coming up on three years of marriage. Yep. That's awesome. Wow. Okay. So having walked through that heartache, that that deep loss and having to deal with that, now you have your second child yes colton who you're raising here on earth um what's that like for you as a mom um he
2: is my tangible like earthly this side of eternity Mm -hmm. um of god's grace like Mm -hmm. he is just like god my first of like god's constant pursuit like okay i called you to be a mom And I know you weren't ready, but you know what? You're like, this is my plan for you. And you're going to be a mom anyways. And it wasn't until this year that I really processed that and thought about it that way. Um, At him as my picture of grace, because uh, he really is. And he shows me so much grace because mothering is hard. And um, I just love being his mama. There's mm-hmm. nothing else in the world. I always tell him every night, I'm like, being your mom is my favorite job in the whole wide world. I wouldn't, like, have it any other way, even on the hard days. Because um, we've had a lot of hard days, especially lately. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that, like, he is God's grace in my life.
0: Mm-hmm. You think you'll tell him? Will you share the story with him at some point?
2: I've been contemplating that lately. Um just because we've actually been trying for another baby for over a year and it hasn't happened. And he always talks about his brother in heaven. Mm -hmm. And it's really just impacted me being like, okay, do we tell him now? Like Mm -hmm. when is the right point to tell him that he does have a baby brother in heaven? He,
1: he doesn't know. He just, in his spirit,
2: he just talks about. He always talks about his baby brother that lives with Jesus. And, Mm -hmm. um, he has toys set aside and books set aside for his baby brother that lives with Jesus. And, um, I don't know if I'm ready for for it to tell him yet. I just don't know how to tell him that yes, he does have a baby brother that lives with Jesus and, um, we've named him and everything. And so we'll tell, we'll tell him one day, but he knows that he has a baby brother in heaven.
1: Wow. The Lord will give you the right time and the right words. Mm -hmm. Exactly prepare
0: him to be able to understand and receive it in the yeah. right moment. So we just celebrated Father's Day. What What is it like watching you, you getting to watch Thomas be a dad to Colton? I love it. It's my favorite.
2: Um, it is just, he shows him the love of Jesus in such a different way than he shows it to me. And that might not make sense to a lot of people, but um, he loves his son so much. Mm-hmm. And he the way he prays over him um, is so different than the way I pray over him. Mm-hmm. And it's just, especially in the last year, our parenting has completely transformed, and it's very God-centered parenting. And watching him put God at, at the center of our marriage and the center of our parenting at the same time, I, I didn't even know how to do that. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, crap, how do I do this? And he just <laughs> did it automatically. Mm-hmm. And he's so good about um being gentle with him because Colton has a lot of emotions, but he's also four years old. And so he's trying to learn how to process emotions. Mm -hmm. And so he can be very gentle with him. And um, he is the go-to person to putting him to bed. Colton refuses Mm -hmm. to have me to put him to bed. He always (laughs) wants his dad putting him to bed. And so I just love getting to see their father-son relationship firsthand. I get a front row seat of it that a lot of people don't get to experience.
1: That's that's really beautiful. What what did it look like for you and Thomas to start talking about this because I know you said like you kept it in for a long time yeah. and obviously Thomas knew that this has had happened and I'm sure he has his own story and his own emotions of what he yeah. walked through that only he can share, but what what did it feel like and what did it look like for the two of you to start talking about this? It Didn't really happen until
2: this last year. It's something that, like, I would always get very upset about if we talked about it. So Mm -hmm. he was always very cautious about even driving on university past the abortion clinic, just trying to guard me from things that would um, just bring up emotions. And so he guarded me in a lot of ways, but we never really talked about it because we both experienced different things. And I don't think we knew how to talk about it. And so until I had, I wrote out this like three page thing about everything that happened to that day and he read it and he, we just cried together and we just talked about how we're excited to meet that baby in heaven one day um, Mm -hmm. together and just hold him together. And, we just talk about what where our hope lies and things like that.
1: What an amazing reunion that will look like. Yeah. I can't, oh, I can't even imagine. We watched
2: the Paul movie here the other night. And when Paul mm. is in heaven and he sees all those people that he previously persecuted mm-hmm. before um, he mm-hmm. followed Christ. And I just look at, I like, I started tearing up mm-hmm. and I was like, that's what our reunion will be like. It will be us getting to meet our child and then Jesus coming in and all mm. all of us together and it will be so great.
0: Mm. Yeah, so good. Yep. Okay, I'm chilled again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Katie, what would you, you know, I, I guess, first of all, I think about your life and I think about, like, I, I know right here, right now what God's doing in your life and your guys' story mm-hmm. and I can't help but think all that you would have missed out on had you chosen to believe those lies of the enemy that you wouldn't be a good enough mom, you know, that maybe running away from marriage and maybe that would be best. Yeah. What is that like for you to think through if you would be missing out on this season of your life?
2: I think I would just be in desperation. Like I don't even know who I would be um, without just God intersecting and coming in and Mm -hmm. just, wrecking, um, my heart and just restoring and rebuilding my marriage Mm and, um, our parenting, because I think about like the person I was when my husband and I were separated and I don't even know who that person Mm -hmm. was. Like that is, I've never been that person in my life. I will praise Jesus, never be that person in my Mm -hmm. life again Mm because that old self is gone. Um, and so I just believe that I'm completely, new and where God has placed me right now is just where he's called me to be. And, um, I'm learning to be obedient to that and just be like, okay,
1: do whatever you want because I'm with you. Okay. I was going to say, I cannot wait to see how God, propels you into an amazing ministry and story. But I don't think that that propelling is even going to happen. I think you're already there. (laughs) There. You're already there. Um, But truly, I think that by your boldness, and Mm -hmm. you said your word is boldness. Mm -hmm. By your boldness, you are going to get to watch God set other people free. Yeah. And you're going to get to walk alongside women and, families who have experienced this same kind of grief and Mm -hmm. the same kind of shame. And you're going to get to say, I get it because I've been there. And that is just, that's incredible. I'm so excited
2: to do that. And there's just so many, the word freedom and restore are like two that I can't get out of my head. They come up in every devotional that I do. And, um, they just keep God keeps bringing them back around like these are the two words that I want you to use to help other people and um that he's planted those things in our hearts and in our best friends hearts and just I don't even know what he's going to do yet mm-hmm. um but I'm excited to see how he uses us all to just mm-hmm. rebuild Things.
1: Yes. And I, I want to go back to what you said about the beginning of the year. You said your word was prosperity and just that idea of God prospering the things in in our lives. Yeah. And I want to just say he's doing that. And mm-hmm. it's so evident yeah. that he's doing that mm-hmm. in your life. And I want to just speak out loud and say, God will continue to do that over you, over yeah. your marriage. Yes. Over your family, over mm-hmm. your womb, mm-hmm. as you, you know, try to have another baby, and I know mm-hmm. He's going to do that for you, and over your your family's finances and your mm-hmm. home and mm-hmm. all of those things, and I just believe that truly the best is still to come. Yeah, and your
2: family excited life. to see what He has in store, and I'm just going to be obedient
0: and not hesitate. Wow, I'm not very often speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. It's so tender, and I think it's so important. Um, I am excited to see the people that God allows your path to cross with. You know, I think of God's word where it says that what the enemy means for evil, God will use for good. Mm -hmm. And clearly, the enemy meant evil when he planted the idea of abortion and following through on it, and then shame and guilt and all of those thoughts, um, all of those lies— and God goes. I still win. Yes, exactly. Even though there was death, yes. even though there was loss, I still conquer that. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, just to see how you get to love mm-hmm. other people in that dark, hard place mm-hmm. is going to be really powerful. Yep. I'm, I'm glad I get a front row seat to watch that. <laughs> Me
1: too. So. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. And thank you for trusting us enough to um, come to us and say, "This is what I've walked through." Mm-hmm. And I- And knowing that I'm just i so grateful that we have this platform Mm -hmm. that we can give you the space to say it so that it can go out and it can reach so many people. So thank you for trusting us with that. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you for joining us on the H&H Hour. Heather, that episode was so powerful. And I'm so excited to come back um, with Katie and Thomas and talk about what they walked through in their marriage and how God has restored that. I think that it is so powerful, um, especially for such a young couple to already have had to walk through so much in such a short amount of time. I think about um, at the
1: beginning of this year, Heidi, our in our church, we started we started the year off with a series called Miracles, mm-hmm. and uh, back in the fall. We actually started praying for miracles yeah. for God to show up in ways that we couldn't even fathom. Right. And I look at this story with Katie and Thomas and their story and I I see a miracle. Absolutely. Because miracles don't just have to be physical healings. Right. Miracles are often in our hearts. Yes. And God setting us free from things and yeah. breaking chains off. Mm-hmm. And so I see this miracle, this beautiful miracle of yeah. God restoring and healing, you know, five years of Darkness yeah. and bringing it into the light yeah. and saying, "No, I'm healing and I'm doing a miracle in your yes. life." And I'm just so there. There's nothing better.
0: There's yeah. nothing better. It's so good. Well, I want to thank today's sponsor, our sweet sister Holly Schaefer. She is um, an independent consultant with Monate, and they are a hair care system. And we both use it, mm-hmm. and we both love it. Yeah. And we have very different hair textures. Yes, you and so I do, do. Mm-hmm. but we both love these products. So if you would like to have more information, you can see Holly's link here on our social media post about this episode. And she's so great. She's so laid back and chill and she'll help you figure out what you need. Um, I hope that her baby boy is born with a ton of hair because their junior line is so fun.
1: I and know. my kids love it. And he's going to be born so, so soon. We're so excited to meet him. We cannot wait. So thank you, Holly, for yes. being our sponsor on this episode. It's the perfect episode too because Holly is one of Katie's best friends. It's so, so perfect. <laughs> it couldn't be better. It, it fits perfectly. Yeah. I also want to mention that we'll put any local resources that we know of yeah. for crisis pregnancy center for a hotline. We'll put those on our social media as well. Yeah. So if there is anyone that it feels like you know, they're at that point and they need some resources, we'll put those contacts up and we'll also, tag Katie, um, and I know Katie will be more than happy for them to reach out to her over Instagram Messenger. We yeah. want her phone number on there, but they can reach out and, mm-hmm. and talk to someone who's walked through it and been through it. You
0: know? Yeah. And also, if you're a listener and maybe you're involved in a center, a crisis pregnancy center in your local area, mm-hmm. let us know about that information because if we do have people reaching out to us, we can share that information with them. So, Perfect. thank you for joining us. We will look forward to chatting with you again next time.